Welcome to Artistic Accomplices. I'm your host, Eric Scott, and this is the podcast that's all about art, creativity, and learning. We all could use a little creative nudge every now and then, something that will prod us, encourage us, and give us a shot of inspiration. Well, Artistic Accomplices is the podcast that does just that. It gives you small doses of motivation and creative encouragement. So as you make, create, play, and live, I'm here to share my thoughts on art, creativity, and learning. I'm also going to interview artists, writers, educators, and much, much more. So like the gym buddy that motivates you to hit the gym on a regular basis, Artistic Accomplices is that little voice in your ear telling you to hit the studio or to pull out the paints or to pick up the pen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive into today's episode. Thank you for joining me once again for Artistic Accomplices. I'm excited to continue the conversation that I've been having uh, that I started, well, kind of continued it last week, but then um, had started a few weeks ago when I was talking about creative blocks, the things that come up in our mind created by our ego that stop us in our tracks. And so last week I picked up that conversation again and I was talking about um, resistance, talked about how the, the ego resists our creativity through, through a multiple ways. Um, but it just kind of boils down to that the ego is trying to keep us safe. It, it, the ego is our sense of self. It's, it's our identity. It's who we think we are. And a lot, unfortunately, a lot of times we don't believe that we are creative. And our ego reinforces that identity. And um, a lot of times our creativity can be stymied, it can be stalled, it can be blocked because of the ego. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a way to play it safe uh, because as we all know, creativity involves risk. It involves failure. It involves vulnerability and exposure. And those are all things that that can um, that can threaten. That's the word I was looking for. That, that can threaten the ego because the ego really wants the status quo. It, it wants to to sort of revel in this identity that it's created. But we're we're much more than that. Um, and so when we be when we can become very conscious of ourselves and the things that we tell ourselves, then we can. Um, move beyond these things that block us creatively. And so I really don't believe in this notion of creative blocks the way we have traditionally described them. Um, it's almost like, you know, these things are, uh, you know, come out of nowhere, that they're inevitable, that they're like these mysterious forces. And really it's, it's all about ourselves and it's about how we get in our own way. So last time, like I said, I was focusing more on uh, more in depth about how the ego, how we use resistance to keep ourselves from creating in the first place, or even once we start creating, how we can still get in our own way and prevent ourselves from 
creating or keep ourselves from, from fully creating and embracing that creativity. Um, so today I want to talk about what I consider the second creative block and go deeper into that. So back in one episode, I, I talked about these three general creative blocks um, and I, I talked about them in a very general way. I introduced them and so now I want to go more in depth. So those were uh, resistance, judgment, and attachment. So today is all about judgment and about how we use judgment in our creative endeavors to to block us or to stall ourselves or to get in our own way. I like that notion that we get in our own way when it comes to creativity and judgment is a prime example of that. <clears throat> so we're all familiar with judgment. And what we're what I'm really talking about is that judgment that comes from within. Not necessarily judgment from other people even though that can play a part in stalling us and blocking us but oftentimes when we hear judgments from others we internalize that and then we start judging ourselves in that same way so I'm talking about the judgment that inner voice that pops up in our heads that that criticizes us that puts us puts us down that that uh tears us apart that tears us down um, and this judgment really is not rooted in reality it's rooted in the ego that has made an identity out of not being artistic or musical or creative and it wants to strengthen itself so this ego is a very strong part of our unconscious so unconsciously we've developed this ego this identity and it wants to live on and if we really confront it if we really face it then we can dispel it if we become very conscious of it then we can dispel it and the ego doesn't want that because it's very happy in in its identity it's very happy in this little box that it's put itself into so I talk about it as this like almost separate entity that's like inside of us because we are so much unconscious of it every once in a while we get a glimpse of it but when we think about judgment and we think about that voice it's almost like a tape often that just loops over and over again that puts us down that judges our artwork that judges ourselves and our endeavors and and you know we hear those those words oh that sucks oh that's no good oh that's ugly um, so we hear that about our artwork but then we also hear hear about ourselves I'm no good I'm terrible I'm not creative those are all judgments that that are about ourselves and like I said these are almost like like we've hit record and these uh, and recorded these little snippets and then they anytime we go to create something they pop up and then a lot of times it just kind of plays in our head over and over and over and over again and like I said that it may have started out as judgment from somebody else especially when we're children now I'm, I'm no psychologist or psychiatrist I, I just have had 45 years of living on this planet uh, over 40 years of making art, um, of 
thinking about things for myself. And these are, you know, some of the things that I've come across, um, that I've read about, that I've sort of put together. And so oftentimes, I know in my personal life, it, this has been the case that the voice of that that's inside of me, that inner voice that criticizes, that often has come from some adult, especially in childhood. So a parent, a teacher, or some other adult that was critical of us. So we, we were brave enough to share our art, our creativity, our songs, our whatever, and then we were criticized um, by this adult. And that, that marks us. And if we hear that criticizing voice a lot, we start to internalize it. And so um, we carry those words with us. And unfortunately, we often adopt those exact same words and use them against ourselves. And it's very unfortunate. Um, so I, I want to talk about this judgment and I want to kind of come at it from two different ways. So I think there are two main ways that we judge, that we bring judgment into our lives about our creativity and our creative endeavors. The first, and I think most people are going to be very familiar with this, I call it the inner critic. I mean, I think everyone who's ever created anything, who's ever made anything, um, whether it is, um, whether it is, uh, you know, art or music or, you know, baking, whatever, that the inner critic comes up. And this inner critic directs its criticism. And I really want to focus on that word, criticism, at us and at our work. And the inner critic wants to tear us down. So we tear ourselves down. And it's not, it's not based in fact. I mean, I, I, there, I think there's a part of us that kind of thinks, oh, well, yeah, I'm terrible. You know, my artwork sucks because I'm terrible. And that's a fact. But most often it's not. And a lot of times I, I hear students especially that are very critical of themselves. I mean, overly critical. Like they, they'll make some awesome, amazing work and then like throw it in the garbage because they think it's a, a piece of trash and, and they don't like it. They have convinced themselves that it's not a worthy piece. And I look at it and I'm like, what are you doing? I, I can't believe you did that. I mean, you had this awesome piece. Oh, well, I just don't like it. It's just not really good. It's not my best. And, and I'm like, if you objectively looked at that, if you stepped back and that wasn't your own piece, you probably would have thought it was an amazing piece. And that's, that's a big part of it is that, you know, we, we're looking at it through our personal lenses, you know. So if we really believe that we're not an artist, that we're not creative, that, that we're no good, it's going to be hard for us to make artwork that we feel good about, that we accept. And so we're always kind of tearing ourselves down, putting ourselves down, um, and again, you know, those, those words, it's terrible. It's no good. It sucks. Um, you know, this is messed up. Oh, that doesn't look good. Um, that's all, it's all unfounded. Um, and a lot of times we're really harsh on ourselves, especially in the beginning, like as we're learning and like, Oh, I, I can't draw faces. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Maybe there's a level of skill that we have yet to achieve. 
but we tear ourselves down kind of in in the hope that we'll stop ourselves that we'll just like convince ourselves not to do it because again there's risk involved there are things involved that can hurt us and um and that are risky and putting it out there into the world whether anyone sees it or not can be a scary thing um so again this is all about tearing ourselves down as a way to reinforce that identity that we have created in our minds as part of our ego as part of, of our uh, sense of self our sense of who we are so many people will say i'm not an artist i'm not a musician i'm not creative it's part of their identity and that kind of goes back to what i was talking about in the last episode about resistance that's part of the resistance but this is a little bit more specific that we are judging so we're um yes we're reinforcing that identity that that resistance that that uh, we have um but we're using it we're using these judgments as proof so you know we say i'm not creative so here look at this is the proof this song sucks or this is terrible art or this is this cake is tasteless and bland and blah and i'm not a baker what am i doing and we we hear that voice come up so much as we're creating and i've seen students like you can see it as they work that they'll be making something and then all of a sudden it's like they'll crumble it up and throw it away and part of that is that oh I messed up this is no good so let me obliterate it let me get it out of here so that way I don't even have to acknowledge it that oh it never really existed um, as a person who's worked in visual journals which are usually in sketchbooks in a hardbound sketchbook I like the hardbound sketchbooks because I'm less likely to want to rip out but I have seen with my students whenever I, I taught in public school especially at the high school level like so many of them would start off with these you know brand new sketchbooks at the beginning of the year and by the end of the year like most of their pages were gone because they would just rip them out like oh well I just didn't like that so I threw it away and again that's that critic that's that inner critic coming up saying this is no good this is so bad just get rid of it because then you'll never have to look at it again and you don't have to face it um, but again it goes back to reinforcing that identity that we're not creative that we don't know what we're doing and so I think that's one of the the main ways it's probably the, the most major way that we judge ourselves is that we have this inner critic that always pops up and I don't I don't think we're ever gonna be able to get rid of that but there are things that we can do to lessen that and I'll get to that in a minute but I want to talk about the second way that I feel that we judge ourselves and our artwork, our creative endeavors of whatever kind. And that's something I, that I call the comparing critic. So we compare ourselves with others. So we criticize ourselves by looking at other people. So we look at others and we find all the ways that we're not like them, all the ways that we fall short of that person. Oh, look how they created that. Oh, they're awesome. They're great artists. They're great singers. I can't carry a tune. Um, I can't paint a straight line. 
And so we compare, and especially with our art, uh, or you know, with the products, with the things that we actually make, we compare those things. Like, oh, my artwork is not as good as their artwork. My singing voice is not as good as that person's singing voice. It's a way to show that we don't measure up. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I. I feel like this, like with this comparison, this comparison that we have, comparing ourselves with others, it's like a competition. I mean, I, unfortunately, especially here in Western culture, you know, especially here in the United States, I think we have this culture of competition, that life is a competition. And, you know, think about social media being a prime example of that, you know, people only putting up their things that show how wonderful their lives are. And that how they're winning at life and others feel inadequate. I mean, I think it's a it's an illusion uh, when we when we see that we have to keep that in mind. But it's a way that we compare that life is a competition. So in extension, art is a competition. For some reason, so many people think that I'm out there competing with other people. So art, music, whatever it is, that it's a competition. And I'm not as good as this person or that person or this person over here. And so why should I even bother? Why should I bother when I'm not like them? They're so much better than I am. I will never be like them. And that, that again, is a way for our ego to stop us. To say, you're not like that person. Life is a competition. You're going to be the loser, so just stop. We have that us versus them mentality. But again, this is this is a very unfair, illogical argument. I mean, because everyone is at a different level of expertise or experience. So if we are really comparing ourselves with others and we're not taking into account that that person has been drawing and painting for 30 years when we've only been drawing and painting for two months, there is no comparison. I mean, we can't compare. It, it's like we want to discount all the, those years of experience that that person has and, and say, we need to be like them. You know, I, I like to go back to sports. I like to make sports analogies whenever I talk about art, because I think a we we have such a large focus on sports in our in our uh, culture in our society so you know it, it's like thinking to myself looking at some sports person out there you know looking at um you know lebron james or looking at serena williams and going oh i, I like tennis i want to play tennis but i'm not serena williams so why should i even play why should I even bother? You know, she's so much better than I am. But that's what we do in art. You know, we, we I mean, Serena Williams has been pay, playing tennis for almost her entire life. And she practices. How many hours a day? I don't know. But I mean, she practices a lot to be that good. And so with art, I feel like, hey, you know, I am pretty good because I do practice. I have that experience. And so if I'm teaching a class, a lot of times I'll hear students comparing their artwork to mine. And especially if I show a technique and they're like, oh, well, mine didn't turn out like yours. And it's like, well, good, because I don't want to make a copy 
of myself. You know, I don't want you to be a copy of me. I want you to be yourself. So it turned out like you, like yours. And that's okay. And that's the way it should be. I don't want you to copy me. I want you to take what I'm sharing with you and figure out if it works for you. And if so, how can you use it? So when I have years and years of experience using a material, it's very unfair to compare yourself to me when you have far less experience. But we do that all the time. And that's because it's another strategy that the ego uses to get us to stop, to put ourselves down, to um, play it safe and, and not even try, or to just totally give up. And that's, that's where those blocks come in because if the ego, if our ego can convince us to stop, then there's no jeopardy there. There's no risk involved because we're not doing it. Now, I focused on the word criticism. I, I use the word criticize quite a lot and I do that very intentionally because there's another term, especially in art, that we use a lot critique so criticism and critique both have the same root you know critic so if you look if you think about that that critic to be a critic means that you do judge you you do evaluate things but i always feel like criticism is a negative thing so if i criticize you i'm doing it to be negative. So if I'm looking at your art and I'm criticizing your art, I'm finding fault. It's a negative thing. And I think criticism has a very negative connotation. If I'm critiquing your art, that's different. And it doesn't have, at least for me, that negative of a connotation. Because there really is nothing wrong with looking at our art and, and evaluating it and judging it objectively. Because we do want to make it better. We, we want to grow as artists. So if we can look at our art, look at or listen to our songs, if we can um, you know, taste the food that we, we make and consider the strengths and the weaknesses of it objectively, then we can make some sort of judgment, some sort of evaluation as a way to make it better, to improve it, to take the next step. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But the type of judgment that I'm talking about here, it's, it's a criticizing judgment. It's a judgment that finds fault. It's just to put ourselves down. And so when that inner critic comes up, when that comparing critic comes up, it's all about putting ourselves down, of, of telling us that we're not good enough, about putting us in our place or knocking us off of our pedestal. It's about playing it safe and holding on to that identity that we've created, that, that we've cultivated over years and years and years. So especially for those people that are just getting into a certain creative endeavor, you know, you've been thinking like, oh, I really want to bake. Oh, I really want 
to make art. Oh, I really want to play music. It's easy to be very critical of ourselves, to criticize ourselves, to put ourselves down because we're not at a certain level, because we're beginners. We, but we forget that, yes, we're beginners, but we have to give ourselves time to learn. We have to see that. We have to be more objective about it. Criticism, in my opinion, like I said, is very negative. And so when we criticize ourselves, we're putting ourselves down. We're trying to basically tear ourselves down and show how we're not worthy, how our efforts aren't worthy, how we shouldn't be doing what we, we want to do. And that inner critic, that comparing critic, they're all about proving that we don't measure up, that idea of proving. And you can't see it, but I made the little air quotes because it doesn't prove anything. It's, it's speaking out of, <clears throat> out of uh, survival. The ego wants to survive. Okay. So how do we get past this, this judgment? How do we get past the inner critic? Well, like I said, I don't think we can ever really get away from it. I think, think that critic is going to pop up every now and then, but we can lessen it. We can diminish it. And like resistance, like I talked about resistance in the last episode, we have to become aware of it. For too many people, they are completely unconscious to the judgments that they're making, and it just rolls in their head over and over again. So they start to make something, oh, that sucks. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm not an artist. Oh, what am I even thinking about? Or they go to uh, bake something and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I always mess this up. This isn't going to taste good. This is going to be terrible. <clears throat> and and those, those ideas loop around again and again and again. And they just reinforce this notion that, that we're not creative, that we're not good, that we're not worthy, that we're not capable. But we have to become aware. So we have to become aware when we, when those ideas emerge, when those judgments emerge, when that inner critic rears his or her head, we need to become aware of it. We have to go, ah, I'm being critical. I'm being judgmental. So when that comes up, when that starts to crop up, we have to recognize it and we have to acknowledge it. We have to bring it into our consciousness because if we leave it in the unconscious just to kind of keep running on a loop over and over again, we'll never be able to move forward. We'll never be able to grow as artists or as musicians or as <clears throat> bakers or chefs or whatever it is that we are doing. So we have to become aware of it. By becoming aware of it, <clears throat> all of a sudden we sort of stop it. And so we have to make a decision at that moment that when we become aware of it, we can do pretty much two things. We can keep the tape, keep the loop playing in our heads, keep those words of criticism going and going and going on and on and on. And we can agree with them and we can just keep churning it in our head and, and convince ourselves that we're unworthy, that we're not good, that our artwork stinks or our uh, cookies taste bad. Um, and we can just keep doing that or we can drop the script because the ego does sort of have this script that it goes through whenever we do these. So if we can just drop it and stop it right then and there, we can let go of it. We can then open ourselves up to this idea of non-judgment. So we, we let it go. 
like I said, I can't, I don't think we can just magically make that critical voice stop, that inner critic stop, but we can recognize when it comes up and we can recognize whenever it starts to cycle through our head. And when we recognize that, when we, when we see it for what it is, then we can let it go and we can stop the judgment. We can open ourselves up to that non-judgment and it's going to diminish. So we can diminish the voice. We can diminish the number of times it comes up. So, and we can recognize that, that instant where we go, oh, I'm about to judge and then let it go. So we, we do have to act. We have to keep moving forward. We can't let the voice in our head stop us. And if we can acknowledge it, if we can become aware of it and then make the decision to drop the script, then we can take the steps to move forward. So even if something's not going the way we like it, I mean, if we can sort of step back, look at our work, look at the things we're doing objectively and say, yeah, this isn't going the way I, I had hoped, then we can understand like, okay, is that really the inner critic or is that me being, being, um, being an artist, being a singer uh, of trying to make myself better? Is that me critiquing myself about how to make it better? Because, you know, sometimes as an artist, I know that I have a, I have a studio full of art that I've never finished that I've started and it hasn't gone anywhere. And often that is because it just, it's just not going. It's, it, it, it kind of went in a direction that, okay, I'm not being critical of it. I'm not saying it's a bad piece of art. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying that saying it as a way to stop myself. I'm just saying that from an objective point of view, this artwork is not what I'd like it to be. So maybe I need to step back from it. Maybe I need to put it down and come back to it. But it's a conscious decision. It's not like, oh, I'm never going to make art again because I suck. That's the inner critic. That's the, that's the judgment part that is trying to stop me. So I can step away from it. I can give it some space. Um, I can come back to it later. And I can continue it. Or I might make this, the decision again, a more objective decision that, yeah, this isn't going anywhere. So our artwork can stall. Our, our music writing can stall. Our, our baking progress can stall on certain things. And then we can let it go, step back from it, and then come back at it later. I don't know how many times, even years later, I've come back to a piece and just, oh, I know what to do now. So that, that's part of it. I think sometimes with our creative work is that we do things and then we get to a point where like, I just don't know where this is going to go. I don't know what the next step is. And we just need some time and space away from it. And then we can often figure it out. And like I said, sometimes that becomes, you know, two or three years down the road. Then it's like, oh yeah, now I know what to do. Now I know where to take this piece of art. And, and I do that a lot with demonstration pieces. So I'll demonstrate in a class how to do certain techniques. And at that time, I'm just, my goal is here. Let me show you what to do. And let me show you this idea, this technique, this, this thing, this material, this whatever. And I'm not 
in that zone of okay I'm making a piece of art it's more I'm making I'm doing a demonstration for this so I often will do something I'm just like oh yeah yeah that just didn't really work out because I really wasn't thinking about it that way and so I'll leave those pieces alone and then often I'll come back and be like okay if I do this I can make it better but again it, that's not being critical that's being objective that's critiquing the work that's seeing where it's strong where it's weak and then figuring out what the next step step is so as i'm sitting here kind of thinking about these things i'm thinking about a notion that uh, that, that i've talked a lot about with um with other artists about this notion of that there's really kind of two pieces of art and i'm going to talk about art since that's my thing um and and how for me as an artist and i think this is how a lot of artists work is that there's really two pieces of art there's the piece of art there's the work that's in your head and then there's the work that's in front of you okay so as a creative person we may envision so we're you know we're creating something we're trying to envision and that that's that's one of the key skills of of any creative person is to be able to envision what the work will be what it will be like what it might sound like if it's a song or what what it would taste like if it was something that we baked or cooked what it would fit like if it was fashion um, but I think for many people that that notion, that work that's in our head is, is actually a really vague notion. Like we have this thing in our head and it's a, it's some idealized notion, but it's not very specific. You know, it's like we haven't taken the time to be like, oh yeah, if I zoomed in on this spot and looked here, this detail would be here and then it will be this. We just sort of have this sense like, oh, it's going to be a great piece of art. Oh, it's going to be a great song. And so we have this, this sort of vague notion. And then we start to judge the work that's in front of us based on the work that's in our head. And for whatever reason, I mean, there's lots of reasons why, why it can happen, but um, the work in front of us probably will not look like the artwork that's in our head. Or the song that we're trying to compose does not sound like the song that's in our head. And part of that could be skill that we're just envisioning something that is beyond our, our, our scope, beyond the skills that we have. Um, and I think another reason for that is this notion of that it's, it's a vague notion that we have this thing. Or another thing is that we have, we've looked at somebody else's artwork or somebody else's song or some, how somebody else has done something. And then we have that pictured in our head. And, oh, it's not comparing. It's not living up to that. So we, we judge the artwork that's in front of us based on this mental vision that we have. Um, but there, there really is no way that the artwork that's in front of us, the song that's in front of us, the cake that's in front of us can live up to these idealized notions that we've conjured in our mind. There's just, because it, it is, we, we are capable of idealizing something, of saying this is how it's going to be. But again, our skill level, um, our, our experience level, all that can affect our mood, the weather, all this stuff can affect how the work is actually coming. So the work in front of us, at some point we sort of have to abandon this notion that's in our mind and focus on what's in front of us. And that's, that's, that's about becoming present because if we have this vision in our head, that's, that's what we 
that's in the future. This is what it's going to look like. And so if we cling to that, if we really hold on to that, then the thing in front of us can never really live up to that because it's going to take its own path. And I'll, I'll probably talk a little bit more about this in the next uh, episode because I think this starts to kind of merge into the third creative block, this idea of attachment. But we're attached to it because we use it to judge. So we're judging the work that we're doing that's in front of us with this notion of what it's going to be like that's in our head. Now, this has me like really curious, like how is it that we allow ourselves to make ourselves feel so bad? Why do we criticize ourselves? Why do we devalue ourselves and our creative efforts? Why, why do we heap this criticism um, on ourselves? Why do we listen to this, this critic that comes up and criticizes everything that we do? I mean, if somebody were always coming to us and criticizing us, whether it's our art or our, our appearance or whatever, and they kept coming around, I think at some point we, we'd just be like, leave me alone. You're, you're saying just all this nasty stuff, just go away. But because it's our own ego, because it's in our own mind, a lot of times we just allow this endless loop of criticism to play in our heads over and over and over. And we really devalue, devalue ourselves and the things that we are trying to create. So we have to really be open to this notion of non-judgment. We have to, to become aware when that voice, even before it starts, like you'll, you'll feel it, like you'll know, like, oh, I'm about to be critical of myself. And just by that, just by acknowledging that you've become aware of it, you've brought it into consciousness, now you can actively say, you know what, I'm going to stay present because the, the criticism is a way to stay unconscious to it. It's also a way to um, pull ourselves out of the presence. Like I said, it, when we have that artwork in front of us, that piece of work, that piece of creativity in front of us, there's that, and then there's this notion in our heads and if we keep comparing them, then we're always trying to like live in the future of this is the way it should be. Instead of let me focus on this piece of art, this particular song, where is it going? What can I do with this? And if we can stay present, and that's, I think, is the key to creativity, is that we have to stay present by resisting. Oftentimes it's about notions of the past, about um, you know, I'm not an artist. I'm not a creative. I'm not this. I'm not that. It's about our identity. It's about not even trying. And it and it's it's a way to kind of resist, a way to stop us from even beginning. But even once we begin, now oh, the ego has to come up. It has to open up. It has to say, hey, no, like here are all these bad things. Here are all these things that that are happening, and you should stop because you suck, kind of thing. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of looking at the future or we're maybe, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's looking at the future, looking at the past, but we're really just trying to keep ourselves from being in the moment. So anytime that judgment comes up, we're kind of pulling ourselves out of the present moment 
away from what's in front of us and allowing our, our mind, our ego to distract us and to possibly convince us not to do anything. So just as you are working, as you are creating, as you are exploring your creativity, think about that. Think about how judgment rears its head to stop you, to stymie you, to stall you, to make you want to stop, to make you want to tear it up, throw it away. And that, and, and I think that's why I believe that there's really no such thing as creative blocks because, yeah, we might make art that's bad. We might write something that's terrible. We might bake a cake that is almost inedible. But if we keep doing it, we get better and we can always fix the mistakes that we've made and actually thinking about one of my rules is that there are no such thing as mistakes that there's only opportunities for growth then we we realize like yeah that cake didn't really taste all that good so next time it's going to be better oh that painting really didn't look that great but you know what i learned a lot and now i'm growing next time it's going to be this or i can go back and i can fix that oh that that part of the song really is bad not because i'm being critical but but i'm being analytical and objective and trying to figure out yeah that part's not working but now i know what i can do to make it better but if we are mired in this this judgment we just sort of throw everything away we want to crumble it up throw it away deny that it has ever existed so just something to keep in mind as you are creating. Listen for those moments when the inner critic or the comparing critic wants to pop up and wants to derail you, wants to distract you from the work that you're doing. And if you can become aware of it, then you can drop the script you can stop it in its track, you can let those ideas go, and you can keep moving forward. But if you let it stop, stop you, if you keep these voices, if you keep that criticism playing over and over and over in your head, and you've convinced yourself that you're no good, that you're not creative, that you're not an artist, that you're not this, you're not that, that you suck, that you're terrible, that all these things are wrong, then you don't have a chance. You're not giving yourself a chance. And you will convince yourself that you are all those things. But if you can become aware of it and step back, then you realize like, no, I'm not really all those things. Or, yeah, I don't have the skill to do these certain things, but I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm moving forward. And by staying in the present, instead of focusing on the past or thinking about the future, what it should be, what it's supposed to be, then if I can stay present in this moment with this piece of art, piece of whatever, I can, I can make this thing into something. And even if it doesn't turn out to be a masterpiece, 
I can recognize its strengths and its weaknesses, and I can grow, and I can move on, and I can continue creating. You have to be able to accept that. You have to be able to accept this this notion that, that you have an ego that's trying to stop you. And judgment is one of those ways. So... I think that kind of wraps this this episode up. Um, just in a future episode, probably the next one, I'll talk about that final that final creative block um, attachment and kind of delve into that. Um, but it's kind of emerging that there's like this pattern with all these things is that if we can become aware of it, and then we have to make a conscious decision, and then we take those actions in order to move forward. Um, so. Anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next episode to go more into attachment, but hopefully you've got some ideas and some strategies um, about dealing with that inner critic and that judgment and that criticism that's aiming to stop us. Um, and like I said, if you can become more aware of it and drop the script, then it's going to be much easier to, to stay present with the work and to move forward. So um, thanks again. Uh, for for joining me yet again for artistic accomplices thanks so much have a great day and happy creating this has been artistic accomplices i'm your host eric scott thank you for joining me